Hello, and welcome to the Blog You Want in a Time You Have podcast, the show that empowers you to stop making excuses to not blog and realize the potential of content marketing. I'm your host, Scott Winteroth, co-founder of contentacademy.com. I invite you to join me each episode for actionable strategies for elevating your blog to the next level and hear from other content rock stars who will share with you exactly what keeps them on task so you can stop wishing for success and start living to your fullest potential. Ready? Three, two, one, publish. Hey there, everyone. It's Scott Winteroth, and this is episode number 41 of the Blog You Want in the Time You Have podcast. And look... There's a good chance you've probably heard of WordPress because it's the best software for building a blog or any type of website for that matter. And it's also popular because, heck, it's free and it's widely supported by developers. Not to mention it does the whole website content management thing very well. Don't just take it from me. Recent statistics have revealed that over one-third of the web's most popular websites use WordPress as their content management system of choice, and that number is expected to grow. WordPress is what we call a content management system, and it's definitely my CMS tool of choice, primarily because it does everything I wanted it to do, including publish this podcast. And there are other reasons why I prefer WordPress over other platforms available across the web. But you might be surprised to hear that it's not entirely because of the limitless features that WordPress gives me. Rather, it's because I support the concept of open source software development and the democratization of publishing. So in the next few episodes, I'm going to share some of my knowledge and tips and tricks for work, for working with WordPress or using WordPress that I've collected over the last 11, almost 12 years now. But before I start blabbering on about how to do what with WordPress, I thought it might be a good idea to share with you what type of WordPress I'm talking about and how you can get into it. So believe it or not, WordPress versus WordPress. You see, there are actually two types of WordPress and many new bloggers go down a certain path because they didn't realize there are actually uh, multiple options. When you do a Google search for WordPress, both the first organic search and the first ad results are likely for what sometimes is referred to as the hosted version of WordPress, provided by WordPress.com. Many users just learning about WordPress go to WordPress.com and open an account because it's pretty easy and it's a way to get started. And ultimately, that's just what they do because it's what they think it's the right thing to do. WordPress.com is a fine choice, don't get me wrong. But what I want you to know is that it's not your only choice. I've interviewed several experienced bloggers on this podcast, and they have almost all have one thing in common, the ones that are doing it very well and really rocking it out. They all use a self-hosted version of WordPress, otherwise known as WordPress.org. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that in this podcast. But I know it can be confusing, and I have a feeling it's confusing a little bit by design. Um, with the two types of WordPress, both with the same name, your future is really dependent on depends on what extension you choose, right? If you go to WordPress.com, you're really looking at the commercial version of WordPress that is backed by a company called Automatic, uh, one of the most forward-thinking tech companies in the world, in my opinion, with employees around the globe at your service. According to the website VentureBeat.com, back in 2014, Automatic was valued at being over worth a billion dollars. That's a lot of money, but billion with a B, right? So the WordPress.com service is very much comparable to other website platforms such as Squarespace, Weebly, and Wix. And ultimately, it is run by Automatic, and they profit off of that particular platform as well as other other apps and tools and services. But uh, from what it looks like, it looks like WordPress.com is one of their, their core products, right? And they all have a purpose. You know, Squarespace, Wix, Weebly, WordPress.com, they all have a purpose. The only problem is if your idea of a website or blog doesn't fit into their model, then, well, you're out of luck. Hate to say it. So now if you go to WordPress.org, 
you can learn about the open source project of the same name as WordPress.com. I know it's confusing. Like I said, it's, I think it's a little bit by design by a company, right? By automatic. Let's talk a little bit about the backstory of how we got to WordPress versus WordPress today, if you will. It's probably safe to say that what grew automatic as a company into that billion dollar company today is because of the open source project it started or the company's founder started back in 2003. A guy named Matt Mullenweg, who is a pretty big deal in the WordPress space today, and another guy named Mike Little set out to build a software tool that would redefine blogs. And boy, they did. Unhappy with the current state of blogging at the time, which to start a blog in 2005, you really had an option of either a hosted blog, such as like a blogger.com or blogspot, where users set up an account on a service and would end up with a subdomain blog, such as scottsblog.blogspot.com, right? That was kind of what you did in 2005 if you weren't going to build your own proprietary blog or you weren't going to build a custom blog. Uh, at the end of the day, users were basically forced to display ads and abide by the terms of service of these platforms like blogger.com. And overall, blogging really wasn't taken all that serious at the time, in my opinion, you know, from my perspective. So keep in mind, this was like pre-Facebook era too. This is really when MySpace was sort of king and, and really it was either blogging or like MySpace. There wasn't really much going on yet. I mean, there was things going on, but really it isn't what it is today. If you just take a moment to think back. You, you'll be you you'd be amazed what has come since then but alternatively bloggers could create or buy a proprietary content management system um, back then as well in fact I remember working for a company or for an agency where we built websites through like proprietary content management systems and they cost lots of money I think they were I think we paid twenty thousand dollars for one at one point uh, back in 2000 you know sex 2007 and it really wasn't the best way of doing it compared to what we have today I mean basically it was cost prohibitive uh, naturally uh, it was owned really the code was sort of really owned by one person so or one company so whatever company we hired we definitely would have to keep a maintenance contract with or at the end of the day one developer who built it if we for some reason we broke ties with that developer or that developer got hit by a bus, God forbid, then, you know, really we're kind of stuck with a website that we have to rebuild again. And um, really that is sort of a core feature that WordPress has really sort of fixed over the years by offering a open source content management system. So like I was saying, alternatively, bloggers could use or create or buy a proprietary CMS back then, but that was often cost prohibitive. And also, you're never really sure if the thing you were going to use or purchase or invest in was going to be more going to be around for more than just an internet hot minute, right? So nothing like getting your blog going, getting flowing, get some flow with content and find out your platform you purchase is closing down or dead. And that's actually sort of what happened to Matt Mullenweg. Uh, back in 2003, he was using a platform called B2 Cafe Log or B2 Log for short. And uh, Mullenweg and Mike Little were working on it, doing some blogging. When they found out the um, project organizer for B2 Cafe Log was sort of MIA and missing in action and was no longer supporting that particular platform. And that's when Mullenweg uh, posted a blog post about the blogging dilemma in 2003, which I'm linked to in the show notes. And Mike Little chimed in in his comments. And they talked about how they were going to basically take over fork B2 Cafe Log because it's open source, fork it into their own project, and that ultimately will become WordPress. 
and really the WordPress that we use in Node today. So if you navigate to WordPress.org today, you'll find the grown-up version of WordPress, if you will, now supported by a global community of volunteers who dedicate their time for building and growing this content management system, which has really become a robust platform for managing all types of blogs and websites, not just blogs today, that are open and freely distributed to anyone who wants to use the software. You would think that software that is so powerful and widely used like WordPress would be very expensive, right? But that's exactly not the case. The community that supports WordPress really gives WordPress away for free, which is awesome. So developers and other volunteers from around the world, around the world, around the globe, willingly give away their time and resources to build and maintain the WordPress project and its many ancillary products such as themes and plugins. The developers who do that benefit from the end products they create with WordPress. So think of WordPress as sort of like a foundation or a toolbox, if you will, for building a website or a blog. They are creating the tools, and then people like you and me and themselves can go off and use WordPress to create blogs, create websites, and use those to sell to their clients, or ultimately create an end product like, like a blog with that with WordPress. So, and really, if you think about it, Automatic, the company behind WordPress.com, is really sort of applying that same core principle or fundamental of WordPress to their, their process. They're using WordPress as the backend, and they're using creating WordPress.com as sort of a service that people can use as a blogging platform. And of course, this is a good thing. Automatic profits from WordPress.com, and they also contribute hours and resources to the development of WordPress.org. So uh, really, without Automatic in the equation, the system probably wouldn't really work per se. It's a really important and fundamental part of the process. And I appreciate other work and contributions to the core development of WordPress and the many other plugins they create, like Jetpack. So um, because of that, they they profit. They, they obviously profit from the subscribers who use their platform. And probably the only really advantage that that automatic has with wordpress versus anyone else who wanted to do the same thing is that they own the wordpress.com domain name right really i could go and set up my own wordpress.com service and sell it on my own today it's just really a matter of marketing at the end of the day so and they were really first to market first in the mind so kudos to them but when you dig into the true difference between WordPress.com and WordPress.org, the open source version gives you more options and control of your data, which is great. Also, you are the boss of your terms of service. So deciding what you want to do with the website and the data and the content that's on it is completely up to you. No one really can tell you what or what not to do, except for Google and search engines. But that's another whole nother topic. So this idea that we can use and create our own data and manage our own content and not really have a third party boss telling us what we can and can't do is really often referred to as as the freedoms of the community. You can really take the software from WordPress.org and install it on your own domain name hosting and not be tied to the automatic servers at WordPress.com. So you can modify the software in any way you'd like and you can resell it to anyone who's willing to buy it from you. What This is what we often refer to as self-host. Um, you really have more control over the site and access to more plugins and themes that are not offered on the WordPress.com version. This is sort of my opinion, but WordPress.com has to build an environment that millions of users use. So they can't necessarily offer every single plugin and theme that potentially could be a hazard to their sort of environment, to their community. Whereas when you have just the one website website that you're working on or one blog that you're working on, you have much more freedoms to do what you want because you, you're the boss and you're in control of what's, what's going on. So um, the biggest difference between the two for most bloggers and online publishers is, publishers is that WordPress provides a world-class support service, which, of course, costs money. Uh, WordPress.org is free with the exception of the hosting and a domain name, and it's free game to thousands of plugins and themes that sort of manipulate WordPress to do different things. That are, and these are, are all created by the community that supports WordPress and its overall functionality. 
So I've used this I've used this example in the past of WordPress.com versus WordPress.org. And WordPress.com is like going to sort of a restaurant and having a meal. You can order off the menu and you can order anything you want as long as you're willing to pay for it, right? So um, or you can you can have anything you want so long as you're willing to pay for that upgrade, right? Or for that add-on or for that extra item, right? On the other hand, WordPress.org is sort of like cooking a meal on your own at home. You have tons of options. When you walk into the grocery store, you have to decide what are you going to eat tonight? What are you going to pick? What are the ingredients that you need? And you have to spend time to learn about the ingredients and then spend time cooking them to perfection, right? It takes a lot more time, but you can completely customize your meal, right? You can make as much or as little as you want, depending on how much money you want to spend on groceries, right? And it's usually a little less money. You can usually have more of a meal for less money when you go to the grocery store. So, and also time is money. So it just depends on your commitment to learning and sourcing for help. And that's the biggest challenge. I think a lot for people with WordPress.org is that it's not like going and signing up for a free service that is step-by-step, uh, walks you through the process. There's not even a help tutorial because it's so easy. WordPress.org is completely the opposite. There's a lot of, there's a significant learning curve, to be honest with you. And it takes a little bit of time, but it's a much more robust and probably preferred platform for most people who are looking to build an online media outlet or blog. Today, WordPress is used for everything from personal blogs to powerful web apps. I mean, it's really a robust tool that is second to none when it comes to website content management systems. This is really what it does. It manages your website's content, and since a blog is a content tool, it provides that interface for you, the creator, to create posts and visually stunning um, content for that is search engine friendly. And for me, if you're going to blog, you have to sort of scale your blog into a much larger platform, which I've talked about in many episodes of this show and many more in the future. But at the end of the day, my biggest selling point for WordPress.org is that it's scalable. You can start with a small, very low cost way of getting started and then keep scaling your website to meet your exact business needs. And this website can grow with you from zero to a million, to be honest with you. It's not like using a platform where you might bottom out or zero out or not be able to use that platform anymore just because it doesn't meet your needs anymore. So since WordPress is a low cost solution, you can use it to scale your business to your exact needs as they grow. Setting up a blog and then you decide you want to sell a product, no problem. With a variety of e-commerce plugins, you can do that with WordPress.org. I need to build a marketing phone to capture more leads and you don't want to pay for an absorbent monthly fee to create just a landing page and a capture form, absolutely, you can do that with your own WordPress site. So WordPress can help you get that all done and at a fraction of the cost often. I'm a huge believer in the lean startup methodology as outlined by a guy named Eric Reese in his book with the same title. Most blogs today are either part of a business or are a business on their own. So they're are a lot of ways that you could use WordPress to sort of validate your blog idea before you go out and spend a ton of money building something that nobody wants. Believe me, I've done that. It's a great learning experience, but at the end of the day, um, building, spending your time resources into something that's not worth and that doesn't nobody wants is not really great. It's good that you are going out there and trying and failing, uh, but at the end of the day, um, you want to build something that's going to be highly profitable and highly useful to other people right? More importantly. So uh, the good news with WordPress is that even if you go out and build a blog or you build a website that nobody wants, you will learn a ton about the most popular content management system on earth in the process. And that knowledge is highly transferable and in demand today. Don't get me wrong. So go out and build it, my friend. And you, if you need help, you know who can help you in that process. I'm your coach, right? So check me out on Instagram. I'm at, at WordMentor on Instagram. I'm always happy to help. And definitely check out thebloguewant.com. Learn more about the past episodes that I've recorded and published to this podcast. And I really look forward to hearing from you. If you have any questions, you can find a way to contact me at 
blogywant.com. And be sure to check out the show notes for additional resources and links that accompany this episode. Now, I have one little offer that if you've stuck with me to the very end, I appreciate that. And you can hear about my free offer. So basically, if you want to learn how to install a self-hosted WordPress site for yourself, you don't already have one. You want to sort of build your first WordPress site. Maybe it's a sandbox site. Maybe it's a site that you create on your own name, domain name. Like, for example, scottwinteroth.com. I have a free course that you can check out at my website, contentacademy.com slash WPFTU. And I'll add a link in the show notes. Basically, I walk you through the process of purchasing a domain name, getting some hosting, and getting WordPress installed for the first time. So it's the WordPress first time user course. You can find it at contentacademy.com slash WPFTU. And that's it for this episode. Thanks for listening. If you have any questions, you know how to get a hold of me. And please consider leaving a five-star review in your podcatcher service of choice. I appreciate that. That really gives me the uh, encouragement to keep on going and keep publishing new episodes to teach you what I know. And so we can all collaborate and learn from each other. So thanks again. Bye for now.